0: Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training, especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. Okay, is this you? Some days you are totally in the zone. You are grooving so hard that you knock all the things off your lengthy to-do list and then slay halfway through tomorrow's list as well. You are on fire. You are so impressed with yourself that you wanna replace your work attire for a superhero suit place your fists firmly on your hips and stand on a mildly windy mountaintop with your chin raised. There is nothing you can't conquer. Then other days you find yourself slumping, spinning your wheels, wasting time, mindlessly scrolling social media, distracted by everything and not really getting anything done. Frustrated with yourself, you close your eyes and picture your bed, stretchy pants, and a giant bowl of Doritos. You doodle or scroll social media, and on those days, you're probably mean-talking yourself in your lazy ways. Some days you feel unafraid, like a confident social networking rock star, while other days you are so irritable and anxious that you can't get out of your own way long enough to even decide what clothes to put on your body that day. And these strange swings in your mood, appetite, and cognition, you can't seem to find any rhyme or reason for it. Well, what if I told you there was a reason for it, and not only a reason, but a predictable pattern for it, a mood schedule of sorts? What if you could align your life schedule with cycles of high energy, high creativity, intuition, and the need for reflection in order to calibrate your expectations for yourself? What if I told you that for a long time now, women have been conditioned to adjust to a man's workplace environment schedule and approach to productivity, and you are about to learn how this impacts your ability to be your best productive self every day of your life? What if I told you that many of us are never actually taught how to unlock the potential from within? based on our menstrual cycles. Well, my guest, Dr. Ashley Margeson, is here today to change all of this for you. Ashley wants you to know that not only do female hormone cycles have natural and predictable fluctuations, but that they also affect your mood, energy, and brain function in a really predictable way. And if you're like me, you've been conditioned to ignore all of these cues from your body. Ashley teaches women how to live in sync with their menstrual cycles, and she explains how you can better understand the various phases of your cycle and how they impact your mood, your energy level, your creativity, and even how you'll perform on your first date, or maybe your job interview or client pitch, if that's more your speed. Today, Ashley is breaking down our cycle for us so that we can begin to understand exactly why we feel the way we feel and what tasks we are optimized to perform at any given stage in our hormone cycle. You guys, my mind was absolutely blown many times over during this conversation with Dr. Ashley. I think after hearing today's episode, we will all agree that it's time to look at syncing our work and socialization schedules up with our menstrual schedules, or in the very least, to understand our body's needs on a deeper level. Your mind is about to be blown, my friend. Your life is about to change and I'm totally serious. Are you ready? You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Well, hello, Ashley. I am so excited to chat with you today about all things health and wellness and hormone balancing and burnout. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic.
1: It is an absolutely gorgeous afternoon over here, and life is just, it's pretty good.
0: So I already feel like I have so much to learn from you because I'm one of those people who has no idea what's going on with my body at any given point in time. I know when I'm hungry and I know when I'm tired and that's about it. So I'm really excited to learn how to pay closer attention to those kind of inner needs that I'm not in control of.
1: Let's be honest though, knowing when you're hungry and knowing when you're tired are two very critical things that we all try to teach our toddlers. So it's a good thing to learn.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today today, let's get to know Dr. Ashley Margeson a little better. Why don't you tell us in your own words how your journey led you to be the amazing guru that you are today?
1: I don't think I've ever been called a guru before. This is a new one. I'm going to mark that down in my like five-minute planner that I like to use every now and then. So I am a naturopathic doctor by trade. But in all actuality, I'm just super passionate about periods. And I love talking everything women's health. So I have a background in a couple different science-based bachelors. I've got my bachelor's in naturopathic medicine. I run a business with my husband, which is always so much fun. And in my inner workings at the clinic. And then in all of my spare time, I just absolutely love understanding how women's hormones can make them tick and how we can actually optimize hormones. So what I want you to do right now is to go back to your grade seven science class or health class and think about what you actually learned from your textbook on women's health.
0: Oh my goodness. I can already picture the drawing that was on the overhead projector. I'm going to date myself here. But that black and white drawing on the overhead projector, that was a terrifying looking image.
1: Yeah, so you had like your uterus and then you had these little tiny arms coming out and then two little circles. And that's about all that you ever saw of what your actual like reproductive system looks like. And so if you were to go back to that grade seven health class, you would actually start to notice that there is a very dramatic difference in how we talk about men's health versus how we talk about women's health. Men's health is all about testosterone and sperm. And they, you know, work for three months in order to be able to get expelled into the female cavity. And then they get to like, they all chase after each other to fertilize this egg so that the reproductive system can be, you know, started, which is this hugely positive way of talking about men's health. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about women's health and we say, oh, well, your estrogen rises and you create a uterine lining and then you ovulate and release an egg. And if the egg doesn't get fertilized, then everything sloughs off and starts again. And it's like the most dreary, depressing way to talk about women's health.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's like all that waste gets taken care of and we start anew.
1: Exactly. But it also puts our focus on, well, the reproductive system is there for fertility. And what I started questioning and what I started thinking about was, well, that's only like that menstrual cycle and that period phase is really only one week of a quote unquote 28 day cycle what happens on the other three weeks? Why does my mood change throughout my cycle? Why do sometimes I gain weight and sometimes I lose it? Why do sometimes I feel like I can take over the world and sometimes I feel like all I want to do is sit on my couch and drink a bottle of wine and eat a thing of popcorn and watch Scandal? Like, so I started asking those questions and all of those questions that I started asking and researching started to build into the Superwoman Code, which is now our kind of evolving online system for women's health support and education.
0: Amazing. I love that you just made something else accountable for the fact that some days I just want to sit on the couch and eat a bag of Doritos and drink wine (laughs) because all this time I would think, well, I'm just lazy and what's wrong with me today? And I never thought that I could attribute that to something that's going on inside of my body, let alone keeping track of if that's a cyclical thing or not.
1: Mm -hmm. And most of us don't because most of us are basically told to ignore our menstrual cycles and try not to get a period and try, 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 try not to get a period. Don't get pregnant. And then all of a sudden the conversation switches me like, well, haven't you gotten pregnant yet? When are you having kids? And then after that, the conversation goes to, oh, you can't wait to get through perimenopause and into menopause and then you're done and you don't have to worry about it. And I'm like, that's like 40 years of your life that we're just wishing away. Like, that's not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I started to ask questions. And then I started to get very excited about talking about hormones in a very external fashion.
0: I love that. And like, okay, I'm 40 years old. And for the first time in my life here today, I heard someone say that they're super passionate about periods. And I don't think I've ever heard that before. I've never heard someone get excited about a period. So I think already I'm noticing, oh yeah, hang on. We have a really negative connotation with our female hormones and our female cycles right from the get-go. So thanks for bringing my attention to that. Oh my God, that's what I'm here for. All of the fun things. (laughs) Amazing. So I need to know before we dig in any further, what is it that lights your fire about understanding the female hormone system the way that you do?
1: Oh, the complicated part of it. So like from the moment I can remember, and I've talked to my mom about this, she was like, you always chose the hardest way to get a job done. She was like, it didn't matter if it took five seconds or five minutes or five hours. You were going to take the most complicated route there. And that was just what you naturally went for. And so I have, I think I've learned over having, you know, kids and partners and all of these things that sometimes the most complicated route is not the most logical of choices. Mm -hmm. But it kind of started this curiosity within me. And I was like, okay, so why don't we talk about women's health in terms of everything else as I started to get kind of into my nutrition degree and then into my naturopathic medical degree. And I realized that there is this complicated unknownness I think I just made up a word, Mm -hmm. about (laughs) the female kind of interactions of hormones that we literally don't test. So when it comes to to medicine, we have these gold standards of research. And so we like these randomized clinical, like placebo-controlled trials that basically whittle everything down to one very narrow window that we're looking at. And then we like to make deductions off of that window. Well, most of the research that was done on women's health that weren't influenced by something else is out of the 80s. And then a lot of the research that has been done over the last 30 years actually follows one of two groups. It either follows postmenopausal women or it follows women on a form of birth control. And so what we're lacking in this area is this conversation about what should actually be happening if we're not eliminating our cycles and like I'm very pro take birth control if you want to take birth control for birth control reasons but if you're taking birth control because you have really heavy periods or you get migraines or you have PCOS or you have really painful periods that's a very different conversation that your menstrual cycles is basically like telling us something about our body.
0: I want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose most of the time after one wash they would pill and tear and honestly it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them then came Sheertex the strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box, their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market they actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash Sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X, and use the code Lawson 10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. At a pretty young age, I started with birth control. I tried three different kinds before I was able to find the one that worked for me. And the primary reason at that time was because of heavy periods. And guess what? I've been on it pretty much ever since. So tell me more about that. So our periods are basically
1: like this fifth vital sign. And in medicine, we have a couple vital signs. Your breathing rate is one. Your heart rate is another. Your blood pressure is another. And we constantly kind of keep track of those things because it basically tells us how well you're responding to your environment. For women, we happen to have an additional vital sign and that's our period. So our periods work on these three-month cycles, which means in a span of, Three months, you're generally going to have two to three cycles and bleeds. And depending on how you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're managing your stress, how you're managing your productivity, your period can change within that. The ideal period is bright red. It starts without a ton of spotting. It has a little bit of awareness about it. So like our uterus is is literally contracting. We should feel something, but we shouldn't feel pain to the point that you need to take an ibuprofen every four to six hours. You should fill a regular tampon every kind of four hours or so. If you're feeling more than that, then you actually have a quite a heavy period And then your period should last anywhere from four to five days and it should trickle off and you should kind of start the cycle all over again. And so what we look for is for you to have ideally something along those lines. And if you don't, it tells us something else about what's going on in your body. If you have really heavy, very clotty, very dark periods, that's a big sign of an inflammatory cascade, which means it's also probably harder to lose weight. Not that that's the goal of anything, but a lot of times people enter my office and they're like, I'm eating well, I'm moving, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and nothing is budging and I feel like my internal body does not match my external body. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that difference. Mm-hmm. If you have a really light period and you get barely any cramping and it's almost like you have spotting, well, that generally means that your progesterone is a little bit lower. And if you're trying to get pregnant, that can be a really important conversation to have because a really light period means a uterine lining isn't developing the same way, which means that you might have trouble actually having that egg implant hot flashes before your period and insomnia generally trigger into a type of kind of estrogen dominance type response. And all of a sudden we're using this perfectly magical sign to tell us how well our body is responding to stress and how well our body is responding to an environment. And then we get to take it one step further and go like, okay, so this is now my basically cue as to how my system is doing. Now can I optimize it? now can I actually make it work for me as opposed to just dreading it
0: coming every single 25 to 35 days? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So let's talk a little bit more about that. What can listeners do at different points of their cycles to say, optimize productivity or, you know, their ability to work or their moods or their time or their energy or, you know, kind of sync up your schedule with what's going on internally? And this is something that I feel like creative entrepreneurs
1: and creative people actually get a leg up on. So if you're in the creative space and not necessarily in the nine to five space, you can adapt your schedule a little bit easier than somebody who has to show up and do the same thing every single day. So take it with a grain of salt, tweak it a little tiny bit. But basically, I'm going to walk you through a general 28-day cycle. Now, I'm going to say this in the sense of A normal cycle is anywhere from 25 to 35 days. The reason we all think a normal cycle is 28 days long is because that was the only kind of pill package available in the 1960s when we developed the birth control pill. Mm. There's no science on that one. That's (laughs) like here on packaging availability. So you don't have to have a perfect 28 day cycle to have a normal period. I'm just going to use it because it's an easier number to divide by and I'm not very good at math. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) We're completely honest about that one. (laughs) And so basically, first kind of week of your cycle is your menstrual phase. That moves into something known as your follicular phase, which is generally week two of your cycle. That's when most people feel their best, even if they're not quite noticing it. Then you've got a chunk of about three to five days, which is your ovulatory window. And then the last like week and a half to two weeks of your cycle is something we call your luteal phase. During your menstrual phase, I very much call that your rest phase. You're bleeding. You're losing a pile of blood. Like you should not be going and running a marathon when you're bleeding. You can, but ideally you don't have to. Your follicular phase is when your estrogen starts to rise. So as your estrogen starts to rise, that's when your creativity kicks in. That's when your brain is laying down more neurological cascades. So it's easier to remember things. that's when like, if you're working with a group environment, if you're brainstorming at this point, you're going to bounce way more ideas off of people in that follicular phase. And you're also more energetic at that point. So that's the time for high intensity interval training workouts. That's the time to be eating raw foods like salad and fresh greens and all of these fun things, that's when your digestive system is actually going to be moving through at the kind of right speed. And so you generally feel a little bit lighter. As you kind of move into that ovulatory phase, your testosterone kicks up. That combined with the estrogen, combined with a couple other hormones, are what kick that egg to basically be released from your ovaries. In the lead up to that though, that's when you're at your most social. That's when you're more likely to be unafraid of doing things. So you want to try something new, you should really do it in your ovulatory phase because you're more likely to follow through at that point. If you're uh, single and you're looking to go on a date, definitely go when you're ovulating, right? You're You're going to have like an absolutely phenomenal experience and your pheromones are a little bit higher at that point, too you're less at risk of injury at that point. So if you're an athlete and you're working out, you're going to try and kind of move up to a new level of weight training. We like doing that around that ovulatory phase because you're less likely to injure yourself at that point. And then as we kind of move out of that ovulatory phase, oh, from a work perspective, that's the best time to ask for a raise. Okay. You're going to put it on a lot more often. Or if you're kind of a creative entrepreneur in that way and you're looking at kind of getting a new contract, that's the best time to be doing those negotiations. Mm -hmm. That testosterone is really helpful. And then we move into our luteal phase, which I personally love because I feel like it's the one that everybody else shits on. <laughs> and your luteal phase is when your progesterone is supposed to rise. And progesterone is this nurturing, calming, chill out hormone that feeds our brain and moves our body. And basically, it's our nourishing point. So this is when you're more likely to be accountable to yourself. This is when you're really good at kind of zoning in and getting some things done. This is when And like you've done all your brainstorming, you've gotten feedback from people. Now's the time to actually sit down and like crank that stuff out. As a photographer like you, Kelly, like you're probably going to be doing a lot more of kind of your finances and your accounting and sending out kind of emails and checking in with people at this point. Because that's very much in that nurturing phase, right? That connection is really critical. Okay. Um and then a couple of days before your cycle we actually pull all of that away and we go like this is when your body is literally getting ready for its most energy expenditure of its entire cycle which is why you get cravings a couple of days before your period most of us actually just don't eat enough, we don't take into account that we have higher energy expenditure in the couple days before our period. So of course our body craves salt and sugar because it's like, I need quick energy. Like I'm getting ready to do important things over here. Give me some energy. It's Mm -hmm. also when we tend to gain a couple extra pounds because that's actually that fluid retention that's required in order to decrease the amount of pain that comes with our periods. So a lot of things that we think about in terms of like, oh, like lose weight and eat this way and all of these different things actually work against our hormones. And so if we start to kind of cycle into where we're at in our periods and where we're at in our menstrual cycles, if you could, if you had the ability to, why would you try and do something super creative in the two days before your period when we know that really what you want to be doing is just entering numbers into your accounting software because you need something that requires no brain power at all.
0: I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual groundhog day. Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. HelloFresh. I have just been taking all of this in thinking like, okay, hang on. I can think of a time when I felt that way. I can think of a time when I felt that way. I can think of a time when I just wanted to do mindless work or when I really wanted to dive in and research things or do creative work or be inspired. And I have to admit, I've never put a pattern to any of that. And so now I'm thinking in hindsight, you know, how do I figure that out? So for people who are listening, who are maybe thinking the same thing, how do they figure out sort of where and when in their cycle they're at these different points in order to sync up their external schedule with their internal schedule? So technology is an
1: absolutely magical wonderful thing that has basically allowed us to track where we're at in our cycles without having to use one of those old school calendars. So I have two period tracking apps that I love. One is Clue. They're both free in all honesty. I believe that period tracking software should be free because welcome to medicine. Mm -hmm. And so one is Clue and Clue is super simple. It's not pink, which I love. And Mm -hmm. it basically just gives you this circle. And so I use Clue as that very kind of low grade, like, let's just see where you're at in terms of a timeline. So I get people to put in just when they're on their period. I don't get them to enter anything else. And we just start to get a trend. What's your normal cycle-ish look like? What these apps will do then is they use mathematical kind of analysis and they basically take the start of one and the start of another and they go halfway in between and they say this is your ovulatory phase. Now I don't love that so much because you can ovulate anywhere five days on either side of that and this is where these period tracking softwares are not the most specific. So then if you've got the time for it and if you really want to kind of go after it then I layer another software on top and that's an app called MeVPMDD. And I love this app because it's a sliding scale. And so every single day you can kind of go in and you go like, so today I feel like in terms of sadness, I'm a two out of 10. In terms of excitement, I'm a six out of 10. In terms of bloating, I'm a three out of 10. In terms of energy, I'm a seven out of 10. And so you can actually rank where you're at every single day on a sliding scale. And over time, what that teaches us is where your kind of higher levels of energy and productivity are, where your lower levels are, and exactly where all of your hormones are fluctuating. Because we then know the science behind it. We know the science of of mood swings. We know the science of of what's going down and neurotransmitter breakdown and build up and hormonal breakdown and build up. And we start to actually layer it on top of each other. And so then what you have is you're armed with this kind of data that helps you make a really educated decision about what you can accomplish on that day. And so I'm a big believer in, so men have a 24 hour cycle, testosterone spikes and falls and changes all in the same 24 hours every single day. So they can literally get up and do the same thing, which I'm like, that's really cool. I wish I felt like that. (laughs) That's awesome. But then I get to go like, yeah, but I got five days of my cycle where I'm more productive than you are on your best day. Mm. I also though, happen to have three days of my cycle where I generally don't feel that great. But having this external kind of cue for me helped me release a lot of that mom guilt. Mm Because I was like, sitting there before my period. And I was like, I have no desire to do anything. Like, I just want to sit here. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to see people. I don't want to be touched. I don't want to talk. And it wasn't until I started tracking this that I realized that that wasn't me making that decision. That was my body
0: telling me that I actually just needed to take a break. Fascinating. Which brings me to my next question. I wanted to ask you for yourself personally, going from not being aware of these patterns to being really acutely aware of these patterns. How has it changed your day-to-day life now that you're able to track these things? Oh, it's completely different.
1: If I can help it, I don't see patients in a couple of days before my cycle because mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to be at my best. hmm and I just have this really firm belief that if you're going to come and see me as a patient, I need to be able to do the best that I can to give back to you. Mm-hmm. It also changes my exercise patterns. It changes what I eat. Like I'm not going to eat a salad when I'm three days before my period because it's just going to sit there and it's going to feel awful. And then my digestive tract is going to get really grumpy because I tried to put a ton of fiber in that it has no way to digest just mm-hmm. because it's progesterone is higher. Mm -hmm. I am, however, going to eat a bowl of soup and grilled cheese sandwich because those are really easily digestible foods for my body at that time. And so what kind of tracking my cycle taught me about was, was how I can actually work within a really nice boundary and how to basically feel good most of the days. And I don't try and feel amazing every single day, but I do really like feeling good. Even on my worst days.
0: Of course. And at least a little more self-aware so that you can forgive yourself when you're having those blah days where you're feeling off, you know? Oh yeah.
1: Like I don't try and go for a run a couple of days before my period starts, but I definitely have a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. So do you do this work with your own patients and clients and what sort of differences are they able to find within themselves once they start tracking these things? I love that question.
1: My goal as kind of a naturopathic doctor is always to have you not need me. Like I'm a big believer and if you need to take a medication, take a medication. If you need to take a supplement, take a supplement. But don't just take it without actually understanding why you're taking it because the goal is for you to be aware of what's going on in your body and then what's going on in your daughter's bodies and your son's Mm -hmm. bodies and your mom's bodies that you can be like, oh, like I've had a really stressful week and it happened to come at a point in my cycle where I'm generally more anxious. Mm -hmm. So maybe I need to not have that glass of wine even though I really feel like I need it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I need to actually go to bed at like seven o'clock and try not to feel guilty about it. And maybe my husband actually needs to do school pick up today and not me because yeah he's busy too but so am I -hmm. and so what it's kind of allowed me but also the conversations with my patients is all of a sudden it feels like there's more time Mm. and when we talk about productivity and when we talk about kind of work-life balance as women we like to throw out this idea of work-life balance means that you're hustling hard and you're working all the time and you're kicking ass and then you're going to the gym and then you're being this awesome mom and then you're being this great friend and all of a sudden you're giving and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving giving, but you're not necessarily giving it to yourself and so what understanding your hormones looks like is being able to kind of judge like well maybe I don't actually need to have that conversation with somebody today maybe it can wait a couple days Or maybe I'm more likely to feel really anxious about this kind of meeting coming up because it's happening to be coming at a point in my cycle where I already feel anxious. So it gives us that kind of secondary catch to actually make a really concise and a really kind of logical judgment call about how we're feeling and whether that's a true feeling or maybe not so much a true feeling.
0: Absolutely. And it invites you to be a little more forgiving with yourself. I know I'll have days where I sit down and I've got my to-do list and it's a mile long and I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I only got two or one thing finished from this list. Like what is wrong with me? And it just affects my mood right into the rest of the day. While during other days, I can like slay that list and then half of the list. And then half of the next day. Yeah. Have you guys seen my new website? It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be. And you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a tonic site. Until I discovered tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. Tonic sites are completely customizable. They're code free and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%. That's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash site to find your perfect site and use the code KellyLawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. So I know that you talk and study a little bit about burnout and how hormones are implicated there as well. Can you share with us a little bit about how burnout plays into this whole thing?
1: Oh, yes. I think this is even more exponentially I think I just made up a word again. Exponentially, (laughs) that's the word. Important in our post-COVID and during COVID days. And like, yes, we're in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and we happen to be on a lighter end of it. That second wave, that third wave, that fourth wave, they're coming. And so as women, as soon as we start to kind of run on this fight or flight response, which has been very much exactly what culturally we all needed to do over the last couple months, we actually start to produce less progesterone. And so progesterone and cortisol, which is that main driver into adrenaline, which is that main driver of your burnout cascade, those are both built out of the same precursor hormone. And so a precursor hormone is really interesting from a biochemistry perspective, because from a precursor hormone, you can generally only make one of two things. And your body isn't going to make you procreate when it thinks that you're running away from a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Simplest way to put it. And so as soon as you kind of kick into this burnout phase and you kick into an extended burnout phase, hormones start to go wonky. Your periods Mm -hmm. can get really short or the cycles can get really short or they can get really long. Your irritation kicks up. Your patience level is next to nothing. And that's because your system is actually running on adrenaline. And when your system runs on adrenaline, you react. So you don't actually, you can't make a logical conclusion. Your system reacts because that's what it's actually physiologically supposed to do. Like you're not supposed to sit there and look at one of two paths when there's a bear behind you. Like you'll get eaten, right? Mm. So what you're supposed to do is make a snap decision and go with it and then make a snap decision and go with it because the goal is to survive, Mm -hmm. not actually thrive. And so when we kind of layer a lot of burnout on top of these hormonal cascades, what we see is that our hormones start to shift based off of how burnt out we are. Interesting. Yeah, like a really important conversation
0: to have. Definitely, This is just incredibly insightful. So I'm also wondering, I love that you expressed your feelings around kind of this hustle culture that we're living in nowadays. And I feel like I'm becoming more and more aware of it. I think that's kind of one of those lovely little silver linings that came from Covid and and kind of being shut inside our houses and paying a little more attention to what's happening around us. But the things that you're teaching your clients and your patients, how do you feel that impacts their need to be hyper productive all the time and always be hustling and glorifying that kind of busy lifestyle? I don't think we glorify that busy lifestyle.
1: I think we we use it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just said that one aloud.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. I <laughs> yeah, like, totally.
1: Like, I think I think we use I'm busy as an excuse instead of saying, I don't want to. Mm, or that doesn't serve me right now. Or that's not something I feel like I can help you with. Mm-hmm. We say, I'm busy. And we have this kind of cultural acceptance that by saying I'm busy, it means we don't keep asking people to help. Mm-hmm. When I think in actuality, what we really need to have are these very frank conversations with like, I'm really sorry, like I'm not the best person to help you with that. Or Mm -hmm. you should talk to so-and-so about that. Or I can do that, but I can't do it until eight weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And when we have this kind of culture that constantly like pulls back into this idea of busy and busy and busy, as soon as we're not being busy, the guilt creeps in. Mm -hmm. Because we feel like in order to be able to stand on our two feet and say, I'm doing a good job. Look at me go. If we're not being productive, when we're not actively showcasing what comes out of that, we feel like we failed. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, being productive is actually about being able to filter and being productive is about being able to say no to things and being productive is about being able to say like, I am going to bed at seven o'clock. I'm not pulling an all nighter. And so I think we have mistaken productivity for busyness. And I think we all have different definitions of what productivity means.
0: And I don't think we share our definition with somebody else. A hundred percent. I was just about to say productivity is such a subjective word as it is anyway. What's productive for one person might not be considered as productive for the other person and so on. So I think that's a really amazing point that you made. And I love that you said that busy is an excuse a way of saying that you can't when really what you should be saying is I would prefer not to.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you can be very busy sitting on your coach and scrolling through Instagram of which if you tell me that you've never done that, I don't believe you because we all have (laughs) done that. Every single one of us has done that. However, you can just say like, oh, I lost track of time or you know what? I needed to veg for an hour and I needed to turn off my brain.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Now, if only we could get employers on board with allowing that to happen in the workplace, we would be all set.
1: (laughs) I know, but that comes down to that. Like, like I've definitely worked in, in nine to five businesses before. And as I was trying to sink this in, I remember having these conversations with my bosses and being like, listen, like I can accomplish that today, but I can't do anything else or it can wait a week knowing where I was at in my ovulation and I'll be able to do it in half a day and I'll probably be able to do it better. And I'd actually just have that conversation with my boss and be like, you tell me which one you want me to do. If you want me to do it today, great. None of this other stuff is happening. If you're willing to wait a week, all of these things will get done and this will get done. And what that does is it puts you back in the driver's seat And it makes you kind of get off of that hamster wheel a little tiny bit. Is it possible for every single person? No. Is it possible to do all of the time? No. But the only way I firmly believe that we're going to build a workplace culture that actually involves working moms and working dads and understanding what it's like to actually have kids and try and quote unquote do it all is to change
0: those conversations. Absolutely. And I think this is a very good place to start for sure. So I have another question that I wanted to ask you about. So as a person who's been on birth control, the majority of my adult life, does this impact my ability? And I'm assuming that there's going to be listeners also that have been taking birth control for the majority of their adult life. Does this impact their ability to track These cycles?
1: Yes and no. So, if you get a withdrawal bleed, so if you're on a birth control pill, you generally have a sugar pill that you take, or you just don't take something for a week. Mm -hmm. That's not actually a true period. That's a withdrawal bleed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you're actually just withdrawing the amount of progesterone that's in your birth control pill. What a birth control pill does, though, is it stops ovulation. So when you're looking at kind of productivity cycles, when you're on a birth control pill, you're actually shifting back a little bit more to that 24 hour productivity cycle, as opposed to that like, 25 to 35 day long cycle. You tend to get much quicker ups and downs as opposed to these long drawn out ups and downs. So that's just something where you kind of go like, okay, I'm on a birth control pill. So morning's my more creative time. Afternoon around two o'clock is when I should be doing mindless things. And I should probably start kind of kicking in my productivity for the next day before I leave for the office. So we just change that conversation if you're on a birth control pill to work it into a 24 hour cycle, not a 28 day cycle. If you're on something like an IUD, however, it doesn't actually change. And that's the really interesting part about an IUD is it doesn't stop your ovulatory patterns. So you might not get a bleed every single month, in which case you have to track it based off of moods and swelling and digestive system changes and all of those things. But you still actually get those ovulatory spikes. So you still get that rush of testosterone kicking your energy into gear. You still get that little dip before your period. You still get those acne changes. And so it actually really depends on what type of birth control you're choosing to be on and how you kind of manage your workflow around that.
0: It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. I need to know, what point in your cycle are you at right now?
1: I am two days after my period. And my husband literally looked at me last night and went, yeah, I can tell where you're at because you just accomplished a million things in the span of an hour,
0: amazing. And I was just thinking like you sound so energetic and, and competent and everything that you're doing. So I was suspecting that that's where you were in your cycle. So I already feel like I'm learning how to detect these things. And I'm already thinking that I'm in the luteal phase because I am in that mode today where I just want to sit down and do the mindless things. I actually coined today an admin day so that I could look after invoicing and kind of all of those mundane things that I wasn't upset about. I was actually actually supposed to be doing at this part in your cycle. Like yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, so is there any evidence that women sort of naturally fall into doing tasks that suit the particular stage of their cycle that they're at? There is actually. And that's the really interesting thing about it is there's
1: research out of the 90s, the late 80s and the early 2000s all showing mood and productivity and energy changes in relation to the menstrual cycle. And this research isn't just like 2 months ago it came out. This research has been out since before I was born. Wow. Like, we just, we don't talk about it.
0: No, we don't at all. We actually have these
1: observational studies and we have these really cool observational studies over years following young women. And like every once in a while, there's a lot of them these days that come out that follow women on a birth control pill. That's not necessarily the worst thing. It still gives us a good baseline. But there's actually research out there that shows mood changes and productivity changes and energy changes in association with different phases of your menstrual cycle.
0: Completely. And are there any examples of workplaces or workforces that you know of that are really embracing these cycles with women and sort of accommodating the workplace or productivity expectations? Oh man, like if any workplace is listening to this and they're doing <laughs>
1: that, can they tell me about this? Because I just want to go and like preach your name to the Entire world. Not that I know of. That being said, there's definitely a conversation shifting around women in the workforce. I think COVID has very much brought that to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I would argue, though, that the area that you're going to see that shift happen first is actually going to be in your entrepreneurial area so women who don't necessarily have to do the same thing every single day and who are kind of engaged in their health and engaged in in the energy that they're putting out into the world I think I think you're going to notice the shift happen in that area before any other areas
0: totally okay i'm interested too so if any employers come forward and let you know i want to know about it too so oh my god um, <laughs> literally so so cool and i mean just kind of setting that example because when you think about it from an employer's perspective you'll be better off if if you're sort of accommodating these needs because you'll have a more productive workforce literally that's the thing mm. no it's good <laughs>
1: An employer can complain all they want about a woman not being productive if she's the day before her cycle and they go like, oh, she's hormonal. And I'm like, yeah, she's hormonal. So give her that day and like she'll kick ass a week from now. Totally.
0: So if you could give listeners a piece of like work-life balance as it pertains to paying more attention to what's happening inside of your body, what would it be?
1: Oh, track your cycles. If you're not tracking your
0: cycles, track your cycles.
1: Start figuring out where you're sitting. And like the first piece of the puzzle is just understanding where you're sitting and cluing into your body. You don't have to make those changes right away. And in all honesty, I suggest, especially with most of my patients who come in and you're like, hey, I hear you can help me with this first three months or track it, notice it, write down what's happening. Because as soon as
0: you have the data and
1: the information, you can go anywhere with it.
0: Okay. So I think that that answers my next question, which is what is the one thing that listeners could do today as soon as this podcast is over to kind of get a little closer to being in tune with their internal cycles? Ah, uh, track your cycles. Yeah. Ladies, track your cycles. <laughs> totally. And, and how soon will it be before people start to see a pattern, before they'll start to be able to recognize which phase of the cycle that they're in? Three months. So
1: your your hormone turnover is three months. That one's solidified in research out of the 1970s. We know that. So really, if you want to get an accurate picture, you look for three months trends. And then every three months is another trend. So as soon as you have six months, nine months, a year, you're just adding more and more data into your information set. But your information set as a whole is a three-month turnover.
0: Amazing. I already so excited to learn about what's going on inside of my body so that I can plan my work week and my work months accordingly. I feel like this is just going to be so good for everybody who's listened to this today. Ashley, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share all of this amazing information with us. How can listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to know more? So you can follow me on Instagram at, at Dr. Ashley Margeson.
1: You can also find me online at ashleymargeson.com and you can find our clinic and how we work at Cornerstone Naturopathic. If you are interested in hearing what we have to say every single week about hormones, you can check out our podcast, The Superwoman Code, which...
0: I think you're going to be on. I think so too. (laughs) So thank you again so much, Ashley. I'll be sure to link the apps and anything that we talked about in this episode in the show notes as well. So listeners, be sure to go check that out because you need to get that app and start tracking today. And we're going to revisit where we're all at in three months. Thanks again, Ashley. You're so welcome. Is your life different now? Has your mind been blown? Do you suddenly have the explanation you've been looking for as to why some days you're on your game while other days you're completely not? Well, me too, you guys. I don't know how I've lived for 40 years without listening to my body on a deeper and more empathetic level. I'm pretty confident that in just 12 short weeks from today, we will all learn how to better manage our energy, how to work smarter instead of against the grain, and how to optimize our schedules according to our internal needs. Let's go on this discovery journey together. And was it just me or did this episode go by way too fast? Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to yet another episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. I will catch you again next week, Workshop Warrior. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.